Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Word Up Podcast, your daily Bible study companion. We hope you've been blessed by previous episodes. If you're new here, we'd like to say a big welcome. We believe you're not here by accident and we've got something great for you today. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, tea or juice and let's get right into it. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 8, the NIV. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. We read the NLT now, which says, Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. And the Amplified Version says, So produce fruit that is consistent with repentance, demonstrating new behavior that proves a change of heart and a conscious decision to turn away from sin. I will be speaking from an article by True Discipleship, which I found while studying for this verse. I believe it captures this verse in a very good light. It says there are three things to be taken into consideration when looking at this verse. Firstly, what is repentance? Secondly, what is the significance of the expression worthy of? And thirdly, what is implied by the phrase bring forth fruit? We will examine each of these items. The Greek word that is translated repent is metaneo. Literally, it means afterthought. It suggests the idea of thinking about a deed after the commission of it. In the case of a sinful action, the idea would be a retrospection of the act and a subsequent feeling of sorrow for having committed the sin. That repentance involves more than mere sorrow for the wrong act, however, is beyond dispute. It likewise entails a resolve to seize the wrongful conduct, replacing it with godly living. J. H. Thayer commented upon the term in the following fashion. He declared that repentance is the change of mind of those who have begun to abhor their errors and misdeeds and have determined to enter upon a better course of life so that it embraces a recognition of sin and sorrow for it and hearty amendment, the tokens and effect of which are good deeds. Clearly, repentance entails more than mere remorse for one's past conduct. On the day of Pentecost, Peter charged the Jews in his audience to repent in Acts 2.38. By his earlier message, however, already they had been pricked in their heart by what he said. Obviously then, repent demanded more than mere regret. It required a change of life. Later on, Paul would write that godly sorrow leads to repentance, 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. The repentance of this text, therefore, must be reformation and not mere grief over the act. The second thing we need to consider is the expression worthy of. This originally had to do with objects that were of equal weight, that is, 
one item corresponded to another in weight. The metaphorical use in the New Testament may be employed of things both good and bad. For example, the one who spends his time and energies in proclaiming the gospel is worthy of support. Matthew 10.10 Referring to his support that is commensurate with his labor. Another example in Acts 23 and 29 says the person who commits a capital crime, example murder, is worthy of death. With reference to the issue at hand, the change of life that is characteristic of repentance must correspond to the gravity and nature of the offense. Otherwise, there simply is no repentance. Finally, what is the actual fruit required in genuine repentance? Several factors must be taken into consideration. First, if the sin has been against another person individually, amendment must be addressed to that person. Far too many people labor under the illusion that they can make a generic confession at a church service without ever making things right personally with the victims of their sin. Much less, even, is it the case that one may secretly repent of a sin and subsequently deny that the transgression was ever committed. Strange indeed is the meaning of repentance in such a person's spiritual lexicon. Secondly, whenever such is possible, an attempt at restitution should be made. There are a number of Old Testament passages that make clear this point. Exodus 22, verse 1, Luke 19:8. Though we are not bound by the specifics of the Mosaic legislation, the principle is important nonetheless. In the case of a murder, the destroyed life can never be restored, but the murderer might be able, to the best of his ability, help support the widow and or the children of his victim. If one has stolen money, it should be repaid to the extent of his ability. If a bank has embezzled a million dollars from the financial institution for which he has worked, he might never be able to repay the entire sum, but he should attempt to do what he can. If a person is declared bankruptcy, he is morally obligated to repay his creditors as much as is feasible. One is not permitted to enjoy the fruit of his crime or sin. Of course, it is always possible that the victim of the abuse might forgive the debt, but the sinner must never take that for granted. One must never reason, because I cannot repay all my sins, I will make no attempt to remedy any of them. The conscientious Bible student is forced to conclude that any repentance without the full complement of elements that define that term is no repentance at all. Any repentance without the full complement of elements that define that term is no repentance at all. The Bible teaches that the fruit of repentance is righteousness, love from a pure heart, and generosity, right living toward God, love towards God and humans, and demonstration of goodwill to those around us. This is Christ-like living. Are there any areas of your life that you need to rethink and change your ways? 
I bet they are because we all need to constantly reevaluate ourselves to see if we're still standing right and make adjustment where necessary because it's very easy to be swayed by the happenings of this world. What are some life lessons we could learn from this verse? Number one, repentance goes beyond feeling bad. It entails a change of heart and direction of life. Number two, if people were involved in the offense, making things right with them is part of the process of repentance. Number three, when one repents, the seed of righteousness is in you and you can produce the fruit of righteousness. Shall we pray? Dear Father, we thank you for your word which has come forth. Help us, Lord, to repent, truly repent. Help us not to deceive ourselves by claiming or portraying repentance, but to genuinely repent of our sins and turn to you with our whole heart. Help us, Lord, where necessary to make restitution. Help us, Lord, to live righteously, holy lives and to turn away from sin completely, to change our course of life and follow your leading for us. Thank you, dear Jesus. In your name, we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning into the Word of Podcast today. We hope you've been inspired by God's Word. If you've got any questions or comments, you could leave them at the comment section below or email us at wordoppodcast21 at gmail.com. We'd be delighted to read from you. You could also do it by letting us know where you're listening from and how this program has blessed you. See you next time for another exciting and inspiring episode of the Word Up Podcast. God bless you. Bye-bye.